Welcome into the Clap Trap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. All right, another episode of the Clap Trap. We are back. I brought Matt back onto the show. We got some things to talk about today. We have the March Madness tournament that wrapped up. We have the NBA is about to go into the playoffs. Some comments by Jalen Brown. Other things with the Celtics going on. Uh, we got some, you know, players and teams going for records and things like that in Boston. So some interesting things to talk about today. I'm glad that I have Matt on to talk all about it. And uh, we've been doing our own little, you know, gambling spree lately. We'll probably get into some gambling conversations as well uh, towards the end here. But first of all, Matt, thank you again, as always, for coming on to the show. I always appreciate it. And secondly, to start off this show... I'm trying to wrap up the whole March Madness thing. We bet a little bit on the championship game, but what would you give overall the Mar- this year's March Madness as like a letter grade, if you had to give them a letter grade of the overall tournament? Uh, well, first and foremost, thanks thanks for having me. Um, for March, it, feels, it feels like March Madness was forever ago now. But um, <laughs> I, I'd, say it's like, I'd say it's like B plus, B plus, A minus, you know, the – the idea of not having a blue blood in there, and again, like you can probably call UConn a blue blood. I mean, they have like the, like the third, tied for third most national championships of any program. So, mm-hmm. um, but let's just take them. Let's call them not a blue blood for the for the time being. I mean, you didn't have your Dukes, you didn't have your UNC, you didn't have any Kentucky. Like there was, I think it was. It made it wide open. It made it a real fun tournament to watch. If you're living in Massachusetts, it made it a real fun tournament to watch because of sports <laughs> gambling. Um, but no, but I liked it. I think I, I, you know, for my own benefit, I did see Miami making the big run. No one saw the Aztecs making that type of run. I don't think anyone saw UConn winning every game by double digits. So, um, no, overall, I, mean, I think it was, a, I think it was a good take. It was a good product. I liked it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I, I did. I, I enjoyed parts of it, uh, and goofy things like Princeton going on a little bit of a run and, and, you know, interesting things like that. But I think you kind of also nailed it. The best thing about it for us, or at least in my opinion around here, was the fact that we could gamble on it. The actual tournament itself wasn't as interesting as it's been in years. I don't even think that there was a buzzer beater the entire tournament at this point. Like you said, UConn just ran through everybody. Uh, Was there an actual Uh, buzzer beater? I know that there was a game-winning shots that happened with like two, three seconds left. But I guess San Diego State, the Final Four when San Diego State won. Oh, that was a that okay. That so that was a buzzer beater. All right, I didn't. I must not have watched that this one. But one uh, of the best plays of all time. Well, and then that's maybe that's why I'm that. thinking that this tournament wasn't as good because I missed out on that one. And uh, I, I like you said, I didn't think that there was any big names. There was nothing that was really getting us into, you know, watching it because this is going to be the next huge talent in the NBA. There were no, like you said, the big. Uh, big schools that we normally hear about there's nobody oh we're trying to knock off duke or north carolina or one of these crazy teams uh you know there was none of that going on a lot of parody it just kind of and and i had heard this actually this take and i thought it was good about march madness the problem with march madness at this point is they let in so many teams that it it makes it it takes away i think from the end product of who was the actual champion because of the amount of parody if you let in basically what is it, you know, 60, 70% of the entire amount of schools that play in college basketball, then does the regular season even matter at that point? I, I think that it it kind of 
gets to a point where you're not seeing the best of the best teams playing against each other. You're seeing these Princeton teams who maybe they had like a 500 type year, but they got hot at the right time. And now all of a sudden they're making a little bit of a run. I think that that kind of takes away a little bit from it because of the fact that it makes, like I said, the regular season almost doesn't even matter at this point. I mean, it's definitely not 60, 70% of teams that are making it into the tournament. You're talking about D1 colleges. There's a, friggin' zillion of those so i i i push back on that point um i also i mean this is why this is why colleges by like by divisions they all put so much emphasis to on winning your division right where you win the acc or you win like the sec like that's they put a lot of emphasis on that and they put a lot of stock in that because that's that's usually like a good indicator of like how your season went the the tournament can be a crapshoot the actual march madness can be a crapshoot you don't know what's going to happen so there's a lot of lot of like uh, a lot of stock put into winning your winning your conference. So I think I mean, I mean, would you, do you want? Do you think they're going to make it smaller? They're talking about <laughs> opening up the tournament to a hundred and what a hundred and twenty eight, whatever sixty four times. Like, there's, no, I mean, that's it's insane. They're they're never going to make it smaller. They're not going to contract it. So you know, you're just going to be happy with what you got. And I love parity. I'm I'm a huge fan of parity. All right, well, now that we know who Mr. Parody is, let's take a break and we'll come back and continue the conversation on 90.7 WKKL after this. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and talking all about the March Madness tournament. Matt just told us that he's a big fan of parody and the way that the tournament went. I'm not the biggest fan. Let's get back to it. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's that's the thing is, I guess I think it's already too big, and then they're going to end up making it bigger. They're going to have more play-in games. They're going to just add another whole layer, another whole round to the bracket at this point. That's going to be insane. So, yeah, maybe I'm off a little bit on the numbers for right now, but they are working towards getting as many teams in there as possible, and then that becomes – yeah, of course. No, it's it's money. I get it. It's all about the money, and for the 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 – uh, sport of college basketball i'm sure it's great to have more teams interested more te- more programs uh you know going to a certain level and being able to show off that they made the tournament and everything like that i don't know i think it just cheapens it a little bit uh when you have so many teams and then you don't just have the the best against the best but if there's no big teams playing if there's no big teams with big names then i guess the parity rules out anyways right so uh yeah so you don't, you don't like the yukon one you're not a yukon guy I don't know. I mean, it's great and all. I do find it interesting that people, the the whole blue blood debate. So is that basically just because they haven't been a story program for, you know, 50, 60 plus years? What they were, they were created in 99 or something or in like the nineties and they've won five championships since what dictates what's a blue blood blood to me? Like what's that whole conversation? I mean, it's about? like, like blue blood is just like, it's like Duke. North Carolina, Kentucky, like yeah, the, your major programs that are always right. like perennial, like lots of one and dones, like are always there. Like, you know, and like UConn debatable, debatably is one of those. I mean, they, they, it's not that long since they've been they've been in the tournament. I mean, they've won they they won the Kemba Walker year, right? Which was yeah. like sadly only like ten. Even though that guy's like out of the league right now, it's only like ten years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, R.I.P. to Kemba. But no, I mean, <laughs> and they, they've had. Some, They've had some great. They've had they've had great programs. So like right now, I think what UConn just did was like they put themselves in like the fringe conversation of being a blue blood. Because I, I remember seeing a chart on ESPN the other day. It's like there's like um, UCLA has like the most by far because like they had that huge run like you know before we were relevant. And then it was like uh, UNC, Duke, um, Kentucky, and there's a bunch of teams tied with like 
I think six where UConn's at. So yeah, UConn's borderline blue blood in the sport. Yeah, no, I, I think that they should probably start thinking of it that way. You can't win that many championships, but I, I mean, I get that they they will have off years too, where they'll just be a no show and you won't even hear about UConn. Then they'll come charging in and win the tournament out of nowhere, kind of thing. So I get it that their program isn't always you know top tier, but with that amount of winning, I, I don't know. It, it seems like you got to put them in that conversation, but. It brings me to kind of my next uh, question that I had for you, because it is exciting. It's an exciting time of year. We always are looking forward to March Madness and that, uh, you know, ending playoff style bracket for for that. It's fun. Usually I didn't have as much fun this year. Like I said, maybe you had more than I did. I Maybe I missed some things that's that's here nor there. But I got to ask you when it comes down, I feel like this has been a question a lot lately. Uh, when it comes down to the playoff formats of all these sports, college basketball, college football, pro sports. Do you have a favorite playoff format? Do you enjoy like the 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 tournament style of a March Madness? Do you enjoy more of the structured style of like an NBA playoffs? What's your favorite format? Uh, they all have their flaws. I'd say NFL's probably got the best only because it's the most restrictive. I don't, you know, having that seventh seed sort of like, I think of all the sports, right? Like what, so baseball now has, three and three so it's six mm-hmm. but i think that, that's still too big for baseball you sort of know who's who after 162 games um i think football still has it best there's still some scarcity it's surprising to use the word scarcity with the nfl because it seems like it's everywhere it's sunday it's monday it's thursday it's saturday it's all right. this stuff but like um i'd say the nfl still has a, it still has it best because it's still one game do or die you know there's only seven teams that are making it on each side so i think that's that they probably still have it the best so far um surprisingly even with seven teams the Patriots still can't find a way in there but neither here nor there (laughs) just taking shots but yeah no it's uh that I mean that's a that's a cool thing and all you are you you just said that you're Mr. Parody so you like the fact that it's the possible one and done nature of it the fact that you know the lesser team could just have a better day that day and all of a sudden that the number one seed is out kind of thing I I'm I'm partial to the hockey playoffs grew up playing hockey and everything like that. But I think it's one thing about that sport as a more niche sport that people only tune into hockey mostly when it's the playoff time, because you can see the intensity behind it, the way that those guys lay themselves out on the line and the way that the game is played. Plus you have those seven game series that can be a long drag out battle of a series. I enjoy that a little bit more, but you're saying that you, you think that the, the one and done nature of it or, or the, you know, which creates more parody that's better for it. Or you just like that more. And you're going to have to wait a little bit for the answer to that question. So keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of the claptrap after this. The claptrap with your host, Zach clap. We're back and talking all about what the favorite playoff format is for all sports for both of us. Is it the March madness tournament? Is it the NFL playoffs? What is it? Let's get to Matt's answer. I just, I just like that thrill of like one game decides it all, right? I mean, the I, hockey. There's gonna be like 25 overtimes per series in hockey. You're gonna watch like these seven hour games. That just, I'm not into that. Yeah, I, I like the idea of being able to just be able to have like one one game, three and a half hours, once a week decides it all. Like that that wild card weekend, like that January that first playoff weekend in January is like the best sports weekend of all time. Because you start at like one o'clock and it goes to like eleven o'clock and it's just football game after football game and that's fun. Like I like that. I don't need the big seven game series. I think the NBA should cut it down to five games in the first round. I mean, 
the playing tournaments, whatever. Like, I, I get it. I think it kind of ruins the trade deadline. There's like way less movement going on. So, like, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the playing. But if you're going to have eight teams, cut down the first series to five games. Again, you'll never see contraction. Like, it's always going to be adding more as opposed to taking away. But, you know, I think that's why I like the NFL. It's like, even with a seventh team, they didn't add a week, which is like, all right, fine. Yeah, well, they're they're going to. They're going to eventually get. They're going to get more and more. Like you said, you can't stop the snowball now. It's already rolling downhill. It's only going to get worse at this point. So, uh, it, it is it is frustrating from that standpoint. But yeah, no, I, I get the the one and done thing. The 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 intensity of that that you get from it just being like this is it. Put your best foot forward, or else you're out of here, kind of thing. And that does that that displays itself in the NFL all the time, obviously. Uh, and I do agree with you. The NBA is too much because we've talked about this before when you're thinking about gambling and things like that. Teams will just give up playoff games because they know, all right, well, I got a home game coming up next or, you know, we're up we're up three one right now. Who cares about that? You know, whatever. They'll just take a game off where I don't think you get that in the NHL. I think every single night both teams are out there trying to beat the hell out of each other and win. I think in the NBA, you'll get nights where they just kind of take it off, which that I don't enjoy and that you should rein it back in. But with with hockey, I think it's intense at all times. So yeah, I mean, if we're if we're talking about NBA versus NFL playoffs, certainly NFL because NBA can they can kind of be a little bit babies uh, at that point. The story, the storyline. It's like you can. That's why it's so great to gamble because you can follow the storyline. It's oh, like it's easy. oh, like you know they're gonna you know they're gonna even the series up. Like the referees are gonna call it a certain way. It's 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 fun that way. I mean, it's fun if you're trying to make money off of it. Put it that way. Right. From from a gambling standpoint, it's nice, but. Uh, that that's another thing that I did want to talk about. We're talking about the NBA now uh, here with Matt and their playoff format, but they actually just had their new CBA come out uh, or a agreed upon, I should say, CBA that is happening with the, the NBA. And I'm a little weirded out by some of the stuff that they have in there. Now, some of it is good. I, I don't know how much you've looked into it at this point. I know it's a brand, a like brand new thing. Uh, they just agreed upon it and that kind of thing. Some of this stuff is good. Uh, like there's going to be now a second salary cap apron of $17.5 million over the current apron. So I believe that's going to lead to things like Jalen Brown to be signed for more money and more likely to stay with the team. So that's good for a team like the Celtics, right? If they have that ability to kind of spend over the salary cap limit, uh, they have other goofy things like individual awards will now have to have 65 game minimum for eligibility, that just makes sense. You should have to play majority of the season to get a, a an individual award like that or something, all all pro, all NBA, whatever it is, uh, you know, things like that. They're also saying that players will no longer be prohibited to use marijuana, according to uh, the league now. So good for them. They legalized marijuana. Great job, guys. But the one that's weird in there, like the really weirdest one that I've seen so far is supposedly something that I guess had been talked about for a while now. And I had not really heard about this, but it's a long rumored possible in-season tournament that could begin as early as next season. Who will play for the tournament would be baked into the regular season schedule, which would start in November before the top eight move into a single elimination tournament. The final four will be played at a neutral site with Vegas as the early front runner. No shocker there. These guys just want to go to a Vegas vacation in the middle <laughs> of the NBA season. Surprising. And the winning team would receive a cash prize with each player earning $500,000. So it's like, I get it. It's an incentive for the players to get more money. 
I get it. The players just want to have an extra vacation. I'm interested to see, does this supplant the all-star break? Obviously it won't. Or are you going to have basically two kind of all-star break type situations here? What is this tournament going to be? They're clearly playing off of the love people have for March Madness tournaments, right? And all these players, some of them who never even went to high school, want want to go, well, now I guess we're getting to the point where there's none of those players left. But, uh, you know, they want to be able to jump in on these tournaments too. What do you think about that whole side of it and the fact that these guys will be focused on a tournament at mid-season or before mid-season, November, possibly in these in these uh in this upcoming cba agreement we're gonna get matt's answer on that question and more when we come back after this on 90.7 wkkl the clap trap with your host zach clap we're back and talking all about the new cba agreement for the nba and what it could mean including an in-season tournament let's hear what matt thinks about it so I love it, and and I trust that, like they could they could botch it by scheduling it wrong again, like putting but like but I trust the NBA to probably schedule it correctly and like and know like you know what you're gonna end up sacrificing in the process, like you know is it gonna be you're gonna push back All Star Weekend, you're gonna move it, so, like right. but all that aside, right? Like I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's trying to capture like the 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 NCAA type of like tournament style. I think it's much more if you go international, right? They're trying to make this game this this product more international and you're trying to alleviate like the idea of so so many guys sitting out games and like you know take taking that rest so this tournament it, it resembles a lot of what they do in like like a lot of the um like i guess they do it in like not just soccer but like all of the like european like leagues like where it's like the the premier leagues like the the league down from that like all of that they all have these like in-season tournaments where you're playing like but you'll play like outside like you'll play out you'll play like only in your league you'll play other leagues you'll play other countries you'll do all this stuff so i think in the idea it, it solves two things right it's like you're trying to get these guys to not sit as much you're trying to give them incentive to play throughout the season so that way fans don't get disappointed when mom dad two kids going in there they want to go see lebron james but lebron's kicking back for a game like he's not playing you're gonna right. solve that problem but you're also making the game like even more appealing than it already is to that international audience, which I love it. I think, I think they, I mean, they could screw it up by not scheduling it right. And like having like, but I don't, I don't, I trust the NBA to do it. Like they make, they don't make a lot of wrong decisions when it comes to how they're building up their product. I give Adam Silver and that, and that crew a lot of credit there. Yeah, no, they, they grow the game well, uh, certainly. And it's become or becoming one of the more popular sports in the world. It's, it's starting to get up there. It's, probably the most popular world sport that is played primarily in the United States. NFL isn't as popular around the world, you know, hockey, I guess you could say, but still more niche and and baseball. No. Uh, So it's, you know, the NBA, they're clearly working around in the international side, but you kind of nailed the thing that I'm worried most about this team. Like these players are all about uh, rest management, sitting down, getting load management, waiting, you know, not doing anything because they don't want to get injured and all this stuff. And now you're going to add in this extra tournament where they have to play extra hard or feel like they have to play extra hard in the beginning or or middle of the season here. Also, from what I've looked at, I, I mean, I don't, like you said, they could really easily bundle this whole scheduling thing. How are you supposed to schedule out the bracket within the season? I still don't really understand how that's going to work. Were they already going to be scheduled to play and it just technically counts towards the tournament 
or is it a side game that doesn't count towards the standings? Like, how do you do this? And then once you get to the championship game, do you wait until those two teams play each other naturally in the schedule? Do you have to set up an extra game? So I'm confused on how that works. Are you going to actually be adding games onto the season? Because that seems counterintuitive to what these players have always talked about with how they want to play less, less minutes, less, you know, less hurt on their bodies. I don't get how that's going to work out. So I'm a little confused on that one. Uh, but yeah, if, if it's helping grow the game and you get more international presence, I get the reason for it. I, and I understand all of that. Uh, it just seems a little weird that you're going to it an in-season tournament, but maybe that's going to be the wave of the future. Maybe that's going to be the way pro sports work. Like you said, it's already happening in European sports over the sea overseas. Maybe, maybe that'll be the new wave. I, I don't know how things will go. Obviously baseball wants more international tournaments and things like that to happen. Uh, so maybe basketball is just leading the charge from that sense, but I don't know. I, I do want to see how they're going to schedule it. Cause I think it's going to be weird. I, th- I think it's going to be, weird. No, I, I feel like you're not going to see the 82 games get sacrificed, but you're going to see some of the games play a dual purpose where it's like, right. This counts towards your 82, but it's also part of the tournament. So maybe like 10 of your 82 games are tournament based and, but they also count towards their standings. Like they're going to find a way, like I don't think those logistics have been figured out, but I trust the NBA to do it right. But you know, they're not going to go backwards on games. Like, because every, every owner wants the amount of games played at their stadium. They want the ticket revenue. They want the TV revenue. So they're never going to go backwards, but maybe because like NBA players throw away 20 of the games a year. They're like, I don't really care whatever. You find a way to repurpose 15 of those things into a tournament where there is incentive to play. Yeah. No, I just wonder if then towards the end of the year, you're going to have more people trying to rest or is it going to be the same or like, how are they going to view these things? How much harder do they go for this tournament? Uh, We'll find out. But at the end of the day, it's all just an excuse for them to go to Vegas and party. Uh, that's what I got to think. So so who cares? Which I can't hate on. Hey, I would say it like it's a bad thing. (laughs) Right. I try to act all high and mighty over here. Okay, we're going to take another break so I can step off my pedestal here, but keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of The Claptrap after this. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're talking about the NBA-CBA agreement that was agreed upon and other things. Let's get back to it. The other thing, like I said, on the CBA that could impact the Celtics is that possible $17 million cap apron uh, extension there, which could you know, directly affect the Jalen Brown situation from what I've read into it. Maybe maybe I, I don't have the all the information, but it seems like that could be a possibility. And then it's kind of funny how the other thing that just happened recently is Jalen Brown goes out and has another interview, this time with Shams. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. We know him as Shams for the NBA there. And uh, he was talking about how, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're connected, their destinies are connected now how they want to, you know, work together and and work towards this ultimate goal and everything. And it seems like it's just kind of the opposite of his comments that he had, you know, a week or two ago when he was talking about how kind of like frustrated he was with the situation and how, you know, he was having these weird uh, or, or I don't know, the way he was looking at his situation with the team wasn't in the same light as these new comments. Do you think that he was kind of backtracking at all now based off of this new CBA thing where it's like, okay, I have a better chance to get the money that I really wanted and stay with the Celtics. Let's walk back those comments a little bit and be like, oh, no, no, no. I I do want to focus on the Celtics. I want to focus on playing with Jason Tatum. Or do you think that it's just kind of, I I don't know. He's doing a lot of interviews lately. It's kind of weirding me out. 
So I believe he was backtracking, but I don't believe it's a reflection of like the new CBA terms. I mean, I, I, first and foremost, I think Jalen Brown's a top 15 player in the league. I think he should get third team all NBA. I think he should be eligible for the Supermax. So I take, I take, but I take that off the table right now. I think he's backtracking those comments because they didn't play well. He had two interviews, whether he did them at the same time or they just have both outlets chose to drop them in like back to back. Um, sort of formats so, like one dropped him like oh we get a drop it now like like parlay off this whole like the the, the attention this is getting I think ah. he realizes I think yeah exactly but I think he realizes those didn't play well like those did not sound well there was a lot of backlash it seemed kind of like thirsty like it seemed sort of like like sort of like oh I hate being number two let me be number right. one so I think that that I think that's why he came back and you know it's our destiny this that and the other I think he sort of quelled and and, and put to rest any of that conversation for at least the rest of the year, right? The focus is, and damn well should be a championship should be an NBA championship. I don't, it doesn't need to be about, am I number two? Am I number one? And plus you're going to have a much better case to debate. Am I number two or my number one? If you're an NBA champion, so go (laughs) out there, you know, put, put everything to rest, beat the bucks, beat them in six. So you don't get to go back to Milwaukee, go on to win the championship. But yeah, I think it's, I think he did backtrack, but not because of the CBA, but purely because those comments that he made just didn't play well. Oh yeah. No, it was a, a, a grueling week plus for Celtics fans. When you're sitting there looking at these comments and everybody's talking about how, Oh, this means Jalen Brown wants to leave. Get ready. Celtics fans. You're going to lose one of these guys like that kind of stuff. And yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense for him to want to be like, Whoa, 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 guys. I, that's not really what I meant. I was trying to say this when I met and it came off like that. Uh, I understand it, but I do wonder if a little bit of it is like, hey, well, now I can actually get paid, so maybe I will stay with the Celtics. No, it's probably not that. He doesn't have crazy Kanye as his manager anymore, so he's not thinking those kind of thoughts or anything. <laughs> uh, I think that he's going to be but okay. He's, but he's got crazy Kyrie as a friend, so. Yeah, you're not wrong. That That's also very, very true at this point. But you did kind of, we can't, you, I had you on a couple weeks ago and we were talking about the Celtics and everything. And, and those were around the time of the Jalen Brown comments. We were all very down on the team. We were talking about it. You were saying some intense comments, maybe like, uh, hey, you heard it here first kind of thing about how possibly yeah. bad this Celtics team could be. I just want to know at this point, after a couple weeks now, new Jalen Brown comments. Are you feeling better? Has your opinion changed about the Celtics, or are you still feeling worried going into the playoffs? Uh, I feel so. I think there was two things I took out of the that or a couple weeks ago. Last I, I spoke on this program, I think it was <laughs> um, JB should be number one. Yep. Which again, like debatable. I'm not really. I want this team to just gel well. I don't really want to. I don't want to cause a divide. Between him and JT right now, so I'll I'll, st- I'll step back from those comments for the time yep. being. Walk the other back. one was they have to be worried about yeah yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> the other one I was worried about is like them about them being a first round bounce. Um, that one I don't I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't love Miami as a first round matchup if that's the case. I don't I think they played themselves into the sixth seed last night, so mm-hmm. they might avoid that. And, but I don't I don't believe that anyone in that in that sort of that six seven eight realm is going to take them out in a seven game series so i don't feel i i definitely walked that back a little bit um <laughs> because they and they've been playing better it's not not just because my sure. moods change my moods change my attitudes change because they've been playing better uh the offense excuse me has been clicking um you know they've they've won the games they've supposed to win supposed to be winning so um you know I, i've got my faith restored back in this team 
And I, I'm still I'm hopeful for championship. I think it's a massive disappointment if you don't get to the ECF. I still think it's a disappointment if you lose in the ECF. But you need to at least get to that last round. You have to yeah. of, the, of the Eastern Conference Finals. Those are some strong expectations, and we'll get to mine next after we come back on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and talking all about the expectations of the Celtics. Have they changed for you? Here's my thoughts. Oh, yeah. Very, very minimum. I, I still think at this point it is you are it's championship or bust. I, I don't care. There was no I have not changed my tune on that one. Nothing has changed with this team. You still have the same amount of talent. You have to, sure, you have to bring it all together at the right time. And sure, you need like a Rob Williams to be healthy, which that's going to be a huge factor. And I think that our defense takes a huge leap forward whenever he's out there on the floor, obviously. So that's a big changing part. But nothing has changed. You still have that same coach, which people could say whatever they want to about, uh, you know, <laughs> how how he's doing. But I still don't think that that matters. I still think that you have more than enough talent to compete. You have two, like you said, top 15 players, one of them arguably an MVP candidate in Jason Tatum. The other one, Jalen Brown, who is continuing to improve and get closer and closer to that top 10 ranks in the league. You have those two guys. Nobody else really has that kind of talent to compete with you, not even the Bucks no. at this point. And I know that they give you trouble, minus that last game where we just went absolutely bananas from the three-point line, scored 140 points on them. That's not going to happen every night. We know that for a fact. But this team still should be a championship contender, and they should still win the East. They should. Anything else is a bust middle- to me. Middleton's hurt. Middleton's hurt right now, isn't he? I know he's injured, but I don't. I think something like I don't know, like semi recently. Like I know him and Giannis didn't play the other night. It didn't matter. They locked the one seed. I know Giannis is load management, but I think Middleton's like hurt, like hurt again. I don't know yeah. the actual details, but I'd, I'd have to look into it. But they might get that easy road again. Not, not easy. It's it's going through Giannis is never ever going to be easy. But listen, I don't. I don't need to have to go through the best playing at their best. If they're down, if they're down a man like Middleton, I'm fine. I mean, fine, go win. Yeah, no, I, I hey, uh, that's you know, you never wish injury upon anyone else, but if that's the case, it's the case. I will say though that if they do lose in a game situ- seven situation to the Bucks now at this point, it is all on them for not giving enough effort during the regular season, for giving up games like we saw a couple of weeks ago to the Washington Wizards when they had no reason to play and you had a chance to go for the number one seed. Things like that will come back to bite you if we go into a game seven situation in Milwaukee and their role player gets to hit a bunch of threes instead of our Grant Williams this time. That's going to yeah, be the deciding was- factor at the end of the day. Uh, you know, so that's all on them. They have to, you know, step up at this point for the fact that, okay, you took off some time during the regular season. You let a few games go because, you know, whatever, we'll be the two seed. We're not afraid of anybody on the road. Prove it to me. Prove it that you can still go out there and beat a team like the Bucks on the road. Or like Matt said, take care of your business in six games. You won't have to, fi- you know, figure out if you can win against them on the road in a game seven. They they better be there. They better be there, or they should get crushed by all fans of this team because they took the foot off the gas at certain times, especially right after the All Star break. Jason Tatum, I'm looking at you for a while. Just you know, he was he was like he was like hung over for a good three weeks after the All Star break and just didn't play well. Frustrating as all hell, but uh, you know it is what it is. I do have uh, another question here though for you, kind of pertaining to that the Celtics, Jason Tatum. 
and other teams because we do have the Bruins who are obviously dominating as well. They just had another big win last night, uh, and they have gotten to 61 wins on the season. They're trying to break the all-time wins record of 62 wins in the regular season. They're also trying to go for the overall points record. Uh, and then you got over on, on the other side of the NBA, Jason Tatum could be the first ever Celtic to score or average 30 points per game in an entire season, which, I mean, the Boston Celtics, as we know, is a historic franchise with many great, great players. Nobody's ever averaged 30 points per game. So I got to ask him that. Do you want players or teams, I guess, going for records late in the season? Do you want them going for uh, you know, the 30 points per game type title? Do you want them going for wins, points, record, things like that? Or do you want them focusing more on the playoffs at this point? If you have a legitimate championship, like chance at a championship, no. Then no record matters besides you going and winning a championship. If you're like a fringe team, even if you're like playing tournament or like six seed, and, and say it's the case of the Celtics, and like you don't really have an – like if you're like in the position of the Heat, like – cool, you'll make the playoffs, but you don't have a good shot of actually winning that thing. Go nuts. Make your points. Get your points. But like, if you have championship aspirations, no. It should all be about the championship because I'm not going to care at the end of the day if I'm not watching games in June. Mm -hmm. No, I I 100% agree with you, uh, especially when it comes to the Bruins stuff. People talking like, oh, I want to do it. I want to break the Canadians record because we hate the Canadians and all this stuff. It will not matter if you don't go and win the championship at the end of the day, though. You can it's it's I've been talking about it. It's a nice little cherry on top. If you can say we were we were the greatest regular season team of all time and we won the championship talking about possibly greatest team of all time. Now you're talking about that kind of stuff. That's when it matters. But if you don't go out there and win the championship, it doesn't matter. And I would hate Jason Tatum going for this 30 points uh, per game thing. And then they go out there and they lose to the Bucks in the Eastern Conference or something because he's too tired or it looks like he doesn't have enough gas to go or anything like that. I, I just think that those things are so frustrating to I get it. It's cool. It's fun. You'll be in the record books and that's great. But that's not where your focus should be. And I have no interest in it. It brings me back to 2016 when the Warriors had the best record in the league, 73 wins in a season. And then you go and you lose in the finals to the Cavaliers after being up three to one. Nobody gives a crap about your 73 wins in the regular season if you go out there and lose. Sure, you're technically in the history books, but it just looks so much worse when you can't get the job done. I don't care what you did in the regular season. You're just kind of a front running team in the regular season. Then you go out there and you don't prove it. So it's frustrating to me that people want these records so badly, like it actually means something. It will only mean something if they win the championship too. Okay, time for another break. But when we come back, we'll have more of the Claptrap here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. Okay, we're wrapping up the show with one last segment, talking about the Celtics right now and records that they should or shouldn't be going for. Let's finish that up and maybe get a little bit of gambling tips in there as well. Here we go. We'll see how it goes. I don't know if Tatum's going to play tonight, but if he does, you know he's going to be going for that 30 points because he wants to keep that intact. I know that that's where his mind is at least a little bit. And that frustrates the crap out of me. I guess from a gambling standpoint, if he does play tonight, I'm going to take his over in points because I know he's going to be going for that. But I just don't think that you should be doing that. I just don't think that you should. What's, it, what's, his, what's his point per game at right now? Is it like 29 points something? No, it's at 30.3, I think, or 30.2. So oh, so right, sit. Just sit the, sit just, the rest Well, that's the thing. Is he going to sit these last couple of games or is he going to play it out? Because if he plays it out, you better be hammering that over on the, on the points because you know he's going for it. So – 
Uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna want at least thirty. Yeah. Every so time. It, and you know, and that kind of brings me into just to how we're gonna finish off the show here. We do we have been gambling a little bit recently. Matt and I have been doing really well. We tend to do really well when we we bet together on these things. So I figured. You know, now that sports gambling is legalized, it's been legalized for a little while, we can give out these picks right now. We don't have to wait for the gambling competition or anything like that. So I was wondering if you had any picks today. I know you're my tennis guy. I've been following along with you. Like I said, Matt and I, I believe, are 5-2 and two this week betting together. I know we haven't been giving out the picks, but, it you know, you can just – just trust me. Obviously, I wouldn't lie about something like that. But, no, uh, just, to, <laughs> just because – and I'll let you kind of gather your picks together first. But from what I was thinking, like I said, if – Jason Tatum is playing tonight. I want his over in points, whatever it is, 26, 27, 28. Give me the over in that one. He's going to be going for it. Now, it is going to depend on whether or not his three-point shot is hitting or not, but he's going to be going for it if he's playing. So keep an eye on that. Also keep an eye, for me, on Grant Williams over in threes. He's usually at like a 1.5 over, under in threes. And tonight it looks like no Derek White. No Malcolm Brogdon, no Marcus Smart. All the role players are not really going to be involved. At least they're all game time decisions. So if multiple of those players sit, look for Grant Williams to hit in his over threes, especially at home on that one. And uh, I do have one more. I'll get into I see that you're kind of still looking into your pick. So I'll give you another little minute here. But I have one more that I'm looking into a money line parlay tonight of the Warriors to win and the Lakers to win. The Warriors are playing the Kings. The Kings are already locked into the three seed, but the Warriors are in sixth place. They're trying to avoid falling into the play-in tournament. The Lakers are in the seventh seed position. They're trying to get out of the play-in tournament. They're also playing a team in the Suns that are locked into the fourth seed. So parlaying both those teams together is getting you a minus 159 odds right now. I think that that's a good parlay to hit because both teams are going to be trying to win. The other two teams are, have nothing to play for. Th those teams are going to be – they're both, I think, eight-point favorites at least in the game too. So that's that's what I got. You got anything for us, Matt? I, I So I'm not going to sit there and, and ramble a pick off and, and potentially be wrong because I haven't put the research into it. I haven't really researched my picks today. So uh, maybe maybe we'll post them a little bit later. But yeah. I don't want to come out here and throw something out there just to just to give you content, but then risk. I mean, listen, I, I'm batting what seventy uh, percent this week. I'm oh, yeah. I, I'm not. I don't want to jeopardize that. So you're hitting you're hitting big on tennis. So we'll come back to you. Maybe I'll I'll post it online if you come up with some tennis picks. I know that we got one that we're waiting on in this this uh this wolf match that just never will happen. We, he's got me on this parlay JJ. two two uh, player parlay. We've already won one leg, but the other leg keeps getting rained out. It's, it's probably the most frustrating thing I've had to deal with here. Uh, we're we're <laughs> about 48 hours deep into this one. The game is supposed to be on Wednesday. Here we are Friday. And, wow. uh, we're, you know, we still don't really know when it's going to happen. Listen, it's been a washout in Houston. I've been, I've been following the weather, big weather guy in Houston these days. It's been <laughs> yeah. an absolute, it's been an absolute washout. All right. Well, hey, you know, and we got the Masters going on right now. I know I'm in on a bet that's, uh, you know, Justin Rose over Hatton in a matchup. That probably that won't be available by the time people are listening to this. But, uh, you know, Masters is fun, too. It's a good time of year. A lot of gambling, a lot of picks, a lot of takes, all this kind of stuff. That'll do it for this show. We'll come back next week. We'll try and bring Matt back on. Maybe he'll have some good tennis picks for you guys then. But thank you, Matt, for coming on the show again. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right. We'll see you guys later. Keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of the Cape Classic Alternative.